my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports episode 300. 300 episodes we've done this show. Um, man, I really cool, really special episode today. Uh, first of all, it's early Sunday afternoon. Uh, we're not going to talk about the football games that happened. I guess I'll give you a teaser. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Rams. I'm excited to watch Tua. The Steelers beat the Ravens. What happened to Lamar Jackson? That'll be fun to watch. Uh, the Bengals really surprised me. They beat the Titans. The Vikings beat the Packers. Uh, the Raiders beat the Browns. Baker, nah. Um, and there was an F1 race this morning. That's all good stuff, and we'll get to it, but not in today's episode. Um, today's episode... No current events, uh, maybe some if there are a question, but really, I want to turn this episode over to Patreon. It's a, a big milestone, 300 episodes, and so I want to just give it to the people at Patreon and answer their questions and uh, have a good time. And I want to honestly just start by saying this. I, I was watching the Clemson-Boston College game yesterday, and I had a wave of appreciation. I, I just, uh, it's not lost on me that... I have a really cool job, and I, I, I love it so much, and I I work really hard, and I, I hope you guys see that and appreciate that. I, I really am proud of the work I do, uh, but I, I get to do the coolest job in the world, and that's because of you guys, and it means so much to me. I just want to say thank you so very much, um, and really, I, I want to say, you know, I have hope for the future, and I, I, I grew up really, really poor. I lived in a mobile home as a kid. I, I never really thought about owning a house. I never thought about... It never seemed like any kind of thing I could ever do. And, and a couple days ago, I sat down at my kitchen table, and I made a budget. And I, my girlfriend and I looked at stuff, and we were planning and hoping. And I, I think it's going to take me about four years to save up enough money to put down a down payment and buy a house and do the stuff I want to do. Um, but I, to even have that plan is really, really cool. It means a lot to me. I have dreams, I have hopes, and they're all possible because of strong opinion sports and because of this show and because you guys watch and you guys listen. And that's you guys, man. And it means a lot to me. It means the world to me. Um, and I just want to say thank you so very much. You have no idea the impact that this show has had on my life. It means the world to me, and I'm so grateful. So thank you so very much for tuning in. Truly, I say that every episode, but this episode especially, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, so we're going to turn to Patreon. If you don't know, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. And if you do the math, a dollar a month is $12 a year. It's, it's very minimal. Uh, and giving a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, you can give more than a dollar. Please do. It literally helps pay my rent. It's a big deal. Trying to buy a house someday, that'd be, eh, that helps. That'd be awesome. Um, but I, look, I make it a dollar. I just want to have a, a big, a different barrier for people to submit questions and uh, it weeds out, it, it solves a lot of problems. I've done a whole video about why I do Patreon. It really works for me. I really love it. Uh, but there's a really cool community over there and you guys are awesome. It means a lot to me. And I do not guarantee to read a question on the show. If you send in a message or a question or a comment or a concern, I don't guarantee to read it. My only guarantee is I look at everything with my eyeballs, every message, every question, every you know thread comment, everything, 
and then I answer the stuff I like the most. So uh, this episode, I don't know how many questions we have. We have so many. I'm really excited. I want to start by reading a comment from Evan. I really He wrote a long, kind comment. He says this. Evan says, greetings from a, excuse me, well, he says, dear Zach, got to start with the dear Zach, that matters. Greetings from a longtime listener and a first-time Patreon supporter. That's awesome. I, I, Patreon, that's cool. I just listened to the introduction of your latest episode and wanted to apologize for the losses you have experienced this week. Why are you? For, thank you, but you don't need to apologize. It's not your, you didn't kill my grandpa. <laughs> um, that's, that's a really bad taste joke. I, anyways, my grandmother passed away at the beginning of March, so I understand the guilt of you are feeling about not spending enough time with your grandfather. I wish you the best of luck during this time, and thank you for the dedication you put into your podcast. Strong Opinion Sports is one of my favorite podcasts. As a sports nut, I love hearing your take on all things sports-related and appreciate your drive to bringing objectivity to your work. Furthermore, I was really blown away by the fact that you do not have a favorite team. I had never heard of a sports fan not having a favorite team, but was pleased to hear your explanation behind it. I don't. People forget that all the time. People ask me all the time, who's your favorite team? Or they comment like, well, that's because you're a blank fan. I'm like, no, I don't have a favorite team at all. I really, truly do not. I love players. I'm ranting now, but ah. He says, the appreciation that you have for sports without being tied to a certain loyalty has truly changed the way I view sports. While I still have favorite teams, I have tried not to let my fandom hinder my ability to enjoy a good game. This is not always an easy thing to do. But I find that I'm able to enjoy this form of entertainment more when I appreciate it what it is, when I appreciate it for what it is. So I thank you for being open with your stance about not having a favorite team. And to wrap up, I want to say that my favorite thing about strong opinion sports is that you are transparent. I am sure that I am not the only one who can say that they appreciate the fact that you open yourself up to your audience. I feel that this, alongside with your dedication to being objective, is what truly separates you from other sports commentators. You are not a figurehead. You are an actual human being. This is the reason why I enjoy listening to Ask Zach segments. You bring your interests and character to the show. He says, I apologize for the length of this message, but I wanted to write to you for a while now. I truly do enjoy your show, and I'm glad to finally be in a place where I can support its growth. I want to apologize once more for the rough, rough week you've had, and I wish you the best of luck as you end this year. Evan, uh, that's very kind. Thank you so much. Um, I... Yeah, I, for anyone who missed it, I, I had one of my pets died last week. Uh, I, an 18-year-old guy I really care about, a uh, friend of the family, died in a car accident. And then back-to-back, my grandpa died. Like, all in a row, those three deaths happened, and last week was really hard. So, Evan, thank you so much. Um, and I, I, I just I appreciate this kind of message. That's amazing. Now, Chris writes in. He says, what is your signal chain on your microphone? And for anybody who doesn't know what a signal chain is, a signal chain is basically like the pathway stuff goes through as it leaves your mouth to the microphone, and then where does it go, right? What are you, what are you plugged into, basically? So for anybody who doesn't wants to know, uh, my mic is a Rode Procaster. It's plugged into XLR cords. XLR cords, if you work in... It, it's, just a, it's like the best type of audio cord, basically. It's type that... The, so the, the mic is plugged into an XLR cord. It has an XLR cord plugged into it, I guess. The XLR cord is plugged into an audio interface. Uh, the interface is plugged into a Mac Mini, which I use GarageBand on to record the podcast. So that is my, what is the word for it? I apologize for not knowing. 
That is the signal chain on my microphone. Microphone, XLR cord, I don't use the USB cords. I think they suck. They don't sound as good to an audio interface. And then interface to a Mac Mini with a USB-A cord. And then a I record on GarageBand. So now for you people who don't care about nerdy technical stuff, Connor writes in. He says, hey, Zach, huge congrats on the 300 episodes. If you could have one current NFL player become a regular feature on your show, and then he says in parentheses, like Aaron Rodgers, Tuesdays for Pat McAfee, who would you pick and why? So if I could dive into one player and have a fun conversation with them every week. Um, you know, let me say this first of all. I, I covered the XFL really, really intensely. And I went to games. I was interviewing coaches. I was interviewing players. I was really engaged in the XFL. In fact, I even met the... The vice president of the XFL, I met him at the Seattle Seahawks game, or the Seattle Dragons game. Wow, slip up the t- slip of the dung there. And that's how I got to go to the New York game and, and be in the press box at the MetLife Stadium game between the New York Guardians and the XFL Wildcats, the LA Wildcats. And um, it was a, I, I guess in my experiences going to press conferences and interviewing coaches, interviewing players, People are asked so many bad questions. I've covered college football. I've covered the NFL. I've been to uh, to the XFL games as well. Players all the time get asked really, really bad questions. Players don't mind talking to the media, but you have to challenge. Give them a a question not only that is good, but one that they can answer. They're not going to answer the hard question about some controversial thing that's just going to get them in trouble. They're not going to – if they get benched or if some bad thing happens, they're not going to throw their teammate under the bus or their coach under the bus. They're not going to do that. Most of them are just way smarter than that. And even if they would throw someone under the bus, don't make them say something they're going to regret later. So you have to be respectful to players. They're human beings. I don't do gotcha journalism. Um, And I I just – that's my my kind of rant. I think a lot of the problem with the media is that you have people who have – journalism degrees asking football players questions when you really should have football players asking football players questions. I think I'm uniquely suited to ask the right questions. Uh, You can go look at my work in the XFL. I think it shows a lot of the time. And um, I guess now to answer the question, if there was one guy I could interview every single week, it'd be Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, the safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He's my number one pick. I love the guy. Uh, I love Jamal. He's a really cool dude. I love his mind, I love the way it works. I wish I could talk to him publicly every single week. Uh, he's a really good guy. I, I think Jamal Adams is going to be a great broadcaster eventually uh, whenever he retires and hangs it up. And he's got a knack for He's got energy. He's insightful. He's so smart about the game. I, I would love to sit down with Jamal Adams every week and talk about football. It'd be a blast. And um, I that's... I know it's weird, you know, I guess maybe like the dream of dreams would be Tom Brady. I'd be like Tom Brady would be so cool, but I don't think Tom Brady would actually be as open as I would like. I think Jamal Adams, you could have a real conversation with him and it would be interesting and fun and insightful. Um, And I I would love that. Also, I guess maybe I'll throw this out there. I love offensive linemen. Offensive linemen, when I played football, I was a quarterback in college. That's my favorite group of people to be around. I, I, when I was on teams, I always got along with the linemen best. I, I'm a weird introvert nerd. Uh, linemen were the pretty boy receivers. I just didn't quite, didn't quite gel with them as much. But the linemen, those are my dudes. I loved them. We, we were all weird together. It was great. Uh, and then you get, you get the occasional offensive lineman that has like true swag, and that's another fun thing there. Um, but 
if there's any NFL offensive lineman listening, hit me up, dude. I would love to talk to you. It would be fun. We'll get you on the show. We'll get your name known to the world. I think it'd be awesome. Um, I guess defensive lineman as well. I could really learn a lot from a defensive lineman. That's one position I've never had any kind of real uh, – like I, I know a lot about how defenses work. I, I know everything about the offense. Probably the one position I'm weakest at in the NFL is defensive lineman because I simply – it's a lot of physics. It's a lot of stuff. I just don't. I've never had to really worry about for the most part. Uh, I know the intricacies of a linebacker because I know how to beat him in coverage. But you don't see defensive ends running, dropping back in coverage very often. I just. It's like the the weakness of my game is I don't know linemen on the defensive side very well. So, um, I guess long story short, Jamal Adams hit me up. Uh, Jamal, come on, man. Uh, Tom Brady's awesome. I that that's like a dream, I guess. Uh, and then if you're an offensive lineman, hit me up. That'd be really, really cool. So it's my long answer to that. Uh, that's who I would, if I could have one guy on the show every week, Jamal Adams, you know, watch it. I would watch the Seahawks game. I would try to come in with like three interesting questions. Hey, Jamal, why'd you do this? What about that blitz? What about that play? What'd you see? Bam. And no gotcha question. In fact, I wouldn't even probably ask him about some bad play. I guess I would have to, uh, but I'd probably talk to him about it first behind the scenes. How do you... Like if Jamal Adams got beat for a touchdown, which would never happen, I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to? How do we talk about this? I don't want to make you look bad." Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I Jamal Adams is the guy I'd most want to talk to. Love his energy, love his mind. He's really, really cool. Edward writes in, and Edward's gonna get like four questions in this episode. Edward wrote in a lot, and then I liked everything Edward had to say. I was like, Edward, yeah, you're just asking really good questions, so. Like, again, Edward has, like, four questions in this episode, and I, I'm shameless. I don't mind because Edward had really good stuff to ask and talk about. Oh. Oh. I just drank pineapple juice, and I didn't calculate. I brushed my teeth, like, I don't know, what, 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, whatever. We've been recording 15 minutes, so. Oh, dude. It's like, it's like you, it's, you've had... I'm sure orange juice after brushing your teeth. It's the exact same thing. It's not a, not a good feeling. Don't recommend it. Mm. So Edward writes in. Edward says, do you speak any other languages? If you could learn one, which would you pick and why? So I think Spanish is the language I would pick. Uh, it's spoken all over the world. I would love to go to Spain. I think Spain is like beautiful. I love that it's... It's geographic location on the equator. It's a really it got great weather that I'd love to be a part of. Um, I don't know Spanish. That's a problem. Uh, probably could learn. I knew some in high school. One of my big regrets, if you're in high school or in college listening to this, take advantage of school and learn a language. Learn another language because I didn't. And like, let's be honest, too. I took two years of Spanish. I just didn't learn Spanish. I passed Every every Spanish test, I cheated my way through it, and I learned nothing, and it was just a giant waste of time. And I, I should have taken that more seriously. It's one of my regrets in life is I should have taken Spanish, you know, high school Spanish classes more seriously, um, or in college taken a, 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 a language or something. I just never, ever – I guess college probably not because I was working on this show but and playing football. That's a lot at one time. But um, I if you're in high school especially, take a language – and take it seriously and try to learn because you're going to regret that later in life if you don't learn. And I just cheated. And I, I actually probably did more work because I like would instead of memorizing the words and what they meant, 
I just remembered the sounds I was supposed to say and how they were supposed to sound without caring what they meant. And that's even that's probably more work and that's really stupid. So if you're in school, learn the language and do the work. It's worth it. And you'll regret not knowing a language later in life. I'd also love to know Portuguese. Uh, Portuguese is spoken in Brazil. It's spoken in an African country. I think two, actually. Uh, but it's also spoken It's spoken in you know, Portugal, obviously. But Brazil is where I really want to go. Uh, Brazil's this... Um, I got a lot of followers in Brazil, first of all. They speak Portuguese down there. Uh, English, too, I'm sure, because they listen to this show. So anyone who listens to this show probably only speaks English, probably no, at least knows how to speak English, because if you only speak Portuguese and I speak English, you're probably like, I don't care about what you have to say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, poor, Brazil's beautiful. It's this beautiful, massive, incredible country. And, yeah, I, I want to go there badly someday. Uh, maybe I'll live there when I retire or something. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'd got to know how to speak Portuguese. So if I ever learn a language, probably post, uh, like as an adult, it's either going to be Spanish or Portuguese. And those are the two languages that I most want to learn. Um, Portuguese for Brazil and then Portugal is cool, but, and then Spanish, I want to go to Spain. So, but you know, Portugal, I've heard they speak a lot more English because, there's a lot more tourism there, and in the tourism areas, they will speak English. Um, but Brazil, Portuguese, man, I want to learn Portuguese for Brazil. I think it'd be so very, very cool. Now, Edward writes in another question. He says, do you have any tips for managing your finances? Even though I have a job I love dearly, which is moderately well-paid, I consider myself, or I, I constantly find myself, at the end of each month, wondering where all my money went. So, Edward... Uh, I did this a couple days ago. I made a budget, and it's actually easier than I thought it would be. I was I really kept putting it off. I was like, ah, it's gonna be so much work and such a pain, and ah, ah. And, um, I what I did is I I just sat down and with a notebook and wrote out what I my expenses, you know, my my phone bill, my water bill. What's the average of it, you know? And then I whatever the average is, and add ten bucks and say it's. Probably never going to go over this number, so that's what I'll, I expect to pay every month. And you know, put in your rent and your you know, how much you want to spend on food. And I chose a number. I said, I think I can live at this number for food, and I'm flexible if I need to lower it or I want to trim the fat and lower it if I can. But start at a number, and then if I need to add more, I can. Um, making a budget helps you because it makes you more aware of what you're spending and where it's going. And then I keep all my receipts in a jar now. Uh, so when I when I spend, I went to the store the other day. I got my girlfriend a couple gifts for uh, just to be nice. I, and I I put all those receipts in a jar, and that's the fun money that I spent. And um, I'm keeping track of it now. And so I, I guess Edward, my my advice is make a budget. It really helps to to be able to picture it and to see what you're spending. And then you also can see like where I just canceled HBO today because I haven't watched HBO uh, anything on HBO since Hard Knocks. And I I'm like ah you know I don't. I don't watch enough stuff. During football season, all I do is watch football anyways. Uh, and I wanted to add Disney Plus because I want to watch The Mandalorian. So I said, I'll, I'll add The Mandalorian. I'll cut D HBO and say, bam, we're sold. And that's yeah, totally fine to me. So, Edward, make a budget. That'll help you a ton. Uh, there's great videos how to do it. And uh, there's all different approaches. I wouldn't overthink it. Just make a budget. Your life will be a lot better that way. And it'll really help you with money. Now, another question Edward wrote in. I thought, it, again, Edward, getting lots of questions. They're not all in a row. This is the last one in a row for a while. But Edward said, you seem to have a pretty big UK fan base on this show. And you're often asked to give your thoughts on sports that are popular in the UK. 
or continental Europe, like cycling, rugby, cricket, etc. As a potential idea for the offseason, why don't you do a series of videos such as an American reacts to rugby videos and give your first impressions? It'd be a great way to expand your fan base as well. That's a good idea. I think I've seen the guy, you know, the the uh, I think it's called the Australian guy reacts to American football. Or I think it's I think it's Australian rugby player. I've seen that video before. So maybe I should do an American reacts to cricket, an American reacts to rugby, an American reacts to Aussie rules football. I think that'd be fun. I think to, like to sit down and watch a cricket game and just share what I find when I watch a cricket game and try to learn a little bit of the rules. That'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Now, is there anything else I'm forgetting? I mean, maybe I've, I know how soccer works, but I don't, I've never watched the Premier League game. That could be a fun one. Um, but is there, if, if I'm forgetting something, let me know. Because there might be other sports I should memorize, I should watch and react to. That'd be a good time. And so uh, please write in. I'm, I'm happy to uh, make an adjustment there and add more sports to talk about. Now, Clutch God writes in. Says, hey, Zach, congrats on episode 300. I have two questions for you. Number one, do you think there's an Ameri- there's an entertainment... Oh, my gosh, you got to restart. He says, do you think there's an animation bias in American entertainment? I find that a lot of adults think animation is, quote, just for kids and can't capture the relatability and realism that live-action shows do, which is completely false in my opinion. But what do you think? And number two, given that you love Avatar, The Last Airbender, so much... Would you ever give Japanese anime a shot? Avatar was heavily inspired by Japan, and a lot of Avatar fans say they enjoy shows like Hunter x Hunter and Full Metal Alchemist. Would you ever give it any try? So, a lot here. First of all, animation is criminally underrated. Animation is a great way, it's a great vehicle to share and tell a story. You can do stuff in animation that you simply cannot do in in film, in any other form. And also it's all easier to do certain things there. Would you rather design a gigantic CGI expensive thing or, or make it an animation? There, there are just, there, it, there are some ease to using animation um, rather than doing stuff in live action. And then, you know, some of the best animation I've ever seen uh, into the spider verse, that movie, the, the Spider-Man movie is amazing. I'm not religious, uh, but there's a really amazing, I think probably my favorite, Animated movie simply because, and I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the most beautiful animated movie for sure I've ever seen. Is the Prince of Egypt? It's the story of Moses from biblical times, and it is, oh my gosh, it's the most beautiful animation I've ever seen in my life. It really is just stunning, and it's got its own unique style. And that's what's cool about animation is there's a lot of different little art styles you can use, and art style is so amazing and beautiful and it's kind of slowly disappearing. I mean, I feel like you look at video games and the art styles are all becoming the same and it's really annoying in animation. This hasn't happened yet. You know, another form of animation, there's that show, the Batman, where you're like the Batman. It's it's a Batman animated show from when I was a kid. I really like animation there. Uh, It's not stylistic and probably not well thought of, but I, I liked it in my own opinion. And, um, but the, if you're ever curious, look up the Prince of Egypt, like a clip on YouTube. It's the most beautiful, stylish movie I've ever seen in animation. And it's really, really cool. I mean, I'd actually love to make a, I'd love to do an animated series. Uh, I think that, you know, the Pendragon books would be a really good animated series. I think that Ranger's Apprentice would be an amazing animated series. If you made a, 
similar to what Avatar was, but maybe even for a little bit older age level, to do like The Ranger's Apprentice. That was a great book series I read. That'd be amazing in animation. Or actually, you know, another one is uh, Mortal Engines was a movie that came out recently. Mortal Engines is literally, and I'm not joking, about massive cities that move. So like London is this gigantic city on wheels and with it's 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 ridiculous to say it out loud. And they made a live action version and it's it was cool. I didn't follow the story of the book very well and the ending was annoying, but it looked amazing, right? And I always thought, wow, that looks hard to hard to do in live action. It'd be so good animated. Like Mortal Engines would be incredibly cool to see animated. I think Star Wars should do more animation. I really I, I want to watch the Star Wars uh, Clone Wars series. I've never seen it, but it looks really good. Now, to answer the second part of the question, Japanese stuff. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist looks really cool. And here's my my one kind of introduction to anime that I've ever had. Um, and I think I think it's anime. I'm not well versed in anime. I'm not that kind of that kind of nerd. I'm a di- I'm a football nerd less than a, an anime nerd. But I I did when I, I used to work at a car wash. Uh, in high school, in my early college days, and had this great boss who, when it would rain, so during really busy days during the summer, we'd be slammed. We'd do like a couple thousand cars. I mean, literally like a couple thousand cars a day. It was insanity how many cars we pushed through that car wash. And you make a lot of money in tips, but you're dead tired. You don't sit down literally for eight hours in a row. I used to work double shifts, so that's a 12 hour shift where you don't sit down. I'm not kidding, except for lunch. Pretty miserable, like insanity. Uh, and kind of because of that, my the owner of that car wash, he made bank. He made so much money. And so when it would rain and, and the you know the cars would slow down, we wouldn't give her many cars on rainy days. I think he took pity on us. He said, nobody has to go home. You, you all can stay here. And we would just watch movies and all kinds of stuff on the computer in the office waiting for cars. And no one got sent home. It was really fun. So we watched – I remember watching Attack on Titan. And uh, – that's a Attack on Titan's a cool show. I really li- I like the it's the idea, right? The the it's not as weird I think as other anime I've seen. It's got a it's it's just a cool idea. If you ever want to look it up, the whole I like the lore and the plot behind Attack on Titan. I thought it was really cool. And that's my kind of only you know view into the world of Japanese anime. Now Jeremy writes in says, hey, Zach, I hope all is well. Huge fan, just became a recent subscriber. Just recently became a subscriber. Thank you, Jeremy. That's awesome. What do you think of Gardamintu's play this year? So, Jeremy, Gardamintu is limited. I love him. I think he's amazing. I did a whole topic about this on my last episode when I talked about the uh, Justin Herbert versus Gardamintu. Gardner makes good decisions, he just has a limited arm, and a part of that, I think he's been hurt. You know, he had his, his thumb is injured. Uh, that can't help him. We found out it's fractured, actually, recently. But in spite of that, he's never been able to drive the ball downfield as well as I would have liked, and so that's a problem, and that's one that I, I can't rectify, and it's not good. So I, I think Gardner Minshew just needs a good team around him, and I, I think the Jaguars are not that. The Jaguars have a void of talent. They need they need a lot to make their roster better and to fix their roster. And I, I think the Jaguars are probably going to move on from Gardner Minshew, which I, I get it. I think I would too, because if you're going to have a bad roster, you need a quarterback who's 
talented enough to elevate you. And I think Justin Fields on the Jaguars, ooh, that's an interesting he's he can run. He's talented enough physically that he can elevate the Jaguars. Where Gardner Minshew can win on like Gardner Minshew on the Browns is a great fit. Because he, he's going to be be asked to do very little. He needs to be smart with the football. And that Gardner is smart with the football. He makes really good decisions. But if he's asked to carry a football team, that's not going to happen and not going to work for very long. So that's my whole take on Gardner Minshew. I would probably, I would replace him if I was the Jaguars. But if I was the New Orleans Saints, I would trade for Gardner Minshew in a heartbeat. It's, hey, Gardner, come here. We can work with you. We can win. Because... They've been winning with Drew Brees for years, and Drew Brees has a limited arm. So Gardner could work very well in New Orleans. Gardner, I think, has a future somewhere. I just don't believe that it's the Jaguars. All right, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, what's up next? What's up ahead? Uh, we have, we're going to talk about Tack McKinley. He had a great video. We'll talk about the East Coast versus L.A. We'll talk about Gus Johnson. We're going to talk about... Um, Cam Newton on the 49ers. We're going to talk about uh, my favorite player of all time. A lot of good stuff ahead. My name is Zach Schaumler. I need to rest my voice for a second. I'm going to take a break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing well. I, uh, I forgot to say this at the beginning of the show, but I do have somewhat of an announcement to make. Uh, I'm expanding Patreon, I guess expanding the value of Patreon. Uh, I do a show with my girlfriend called the Flawed Humans Podcast where I talk about life and not about sports. Just It's more, way more broad. And we, her and I just talk about all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and that's on my, my personal Zach Schaumler YouTube channel. It's also on iTunes. You can go to just Flawed Humans Podcast. You can find the show out there in the wild on all the podcast platforms. And I'm opening that up to Patreon as well. So basically I'm going to post on Patreon I don't know, Wednesday, and say, hey, Flawed Humans episode 17, send in your questions, and uh, you can submit questions to ask me and Lizabeth. Jesus, Lizabeth. Her name's Liz, Elizabeth. I call her Lizabeth because I'm an idiot, and I said that live on the podcast. And now you guys know what I call her. Unintentional slip, Freudian slip because I'm stupid. Um, (laughs) Anyway, you can, uh, I'm jokingly hard on myself. My point is, uh, if you want to submit questions to that show, you can as well. So your meager little dollar uh, now gives you access to ask us question, ask me questions on strong opinion sports, and also access to ask questions and comments and concerns and whatever of me and my girlfriend on flawed humans. Just want to put it out there. I'm expanding the role of Patreon a little bit, and uh, I think I think it's cool. I, I like that thought, and uh, I really want to build flawed humans. I really it's some of the best work I've ever done, and uh, I'm really proud of it. You know, Edward writes and he says. Edward says, in your most recent episode, you questioned Tack McKinley's work ethic. I'd strongly recommend watching the video of the night he was drafted. It's only a couple of minutes long, and it seems pretty discernible that his passion for the game is there. He talks about the promise he made to his grandma on her deathbed to make it to the NFL and brings a massive photo of her on stage with him. Fun fact, I love that video so much that the Find Me Later line became the basis of all my internet usernames. Much love from London. Sorry you had a rough week. So, Edward, uh, I watched that Tack McKinley video. It's amazing. Look up look up Tack McKinley NFL Draft. T-A-K-K McKinley 
Uh, it's a really cool video. It's Tack McKinley getting drafted by the Falcons, 26th overall, celebrating, holding up a gigantic picture of his grandma at the draft, like I, the draft event, basically. And I, uh, I gotta say, like it's a cool video, and I, I want to give credit where credit's due. There's a lot of passion there. There's a lot of absolutely. But I do want to say it's it's very possible that Tack McKinley's goal was always to get to the NFL. And but once you're in the NFL, once you reach that goal, you need a new source of motivation. If your motivation is getting to A, and then you get to A, once you're at point A, you got to go. Oh, I got to go somewhere else now, and find different motivation. And so, and also I got to say, effort has never been the problem with Tack McKinley. Effort isn't quite the problem. The problem is. The technical side of football, where he's just too raw. He's not a student of the game. There are, and I, I, I totally own and am open about my shortcomings. With my my weakest position of analyzation is the defensive line. But I've talked to people who played in the NFL on the defensive line that say Tack McKinley. His problem is hand fighting. His problem is technique. His problem is not. He works hard in the weight room. He grinds. He does certain stuff. He works on the physical side of the game. But he's got to go into more of the mental side of the game, be a student of the game, and work on his moves with his hands and hand fighting and making, getting better pass rush moves. That's the side of the game that Tack McKinley needs to develop. And I, that's the problem. For him. Now, he also gets hurt a lot. There's a lot of problems there. But, I, yeah, I think Tack McKinley's got an insane amount of passion. Passion isn't everything you need. To succeed in the NFL, you also need to be a little bit smart and be a student of the game. And I just don't know that Tack McKinley is. Now, there's a this person wrote in. Their name is T-A-D-H-G. I'm going to say Todd. Todd? Maybe it's just Todd. We'll say Todd. I don't think it's true. Todd H-G? Todd? 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 I don't know. I, I apologize. That's a name I've never seen in my entire life. It might just be a made-up username. I don't know. If it's your real name... Hey, send me a message. I'd love to learn how to pronounce your name. I, I love culture and I love learning about stuff, so that'd be interesting to me. How do I say that name? No idea. But he writes in, he or hey, a she, maybe it's a she. They say, I live in the East Coast, and it seems that everything I see on TV and in the movie theaters takes place on the West Coast in Hollywood. But I've heard that people on the West Coast think the opposite, that everything takes place in New York City. Can you speak to that? As a movie nerd. So yeah, I'm a gigantic movie nerd. I'm starting a movie podcast in February. Uh, they're both right. I, I think, honestly, most movies in general in America take place in one of two locations. Either New York or L.A. I mean, it's most... Basically, if a movie is written... The script is written in New York, it's there. If the script is written in L.A., it's in L.A. Um, and it's pretty... Mo- just I feel like 90% of movies are either in L.A. or in New York unless the setting is a gigantic character in the movie, like if it's set in the mountains or whatever. Um, but even, even then, sometimes New York City is the character of the movie. So um, I just, I, in fact, I think a lot of stuff, if, if it's a story about a mom in a random city, it usually takes place in L.A. because L.A. is where they are. Think about Battle Los Angeles is a movie that could have taken place on any coastal city, and I would argue that L.A. wasn't quite the city that makes even the most sense. But, of course, a movie set in L.A., as most movies that are of that kind battle anything, the city they'll choose is L.A. because that's where Hollywood is. That's where most movies are made. So 
yeah, I think both movies are made in L.A. or New York. Uh, and if they're not, it's kind of notable. And, and I don't mean, excuse, excuse me, I don't mean made in L.A. Most movies, Seinfeld was made in L.A. And Seinfeld was set in New York. So my point, what I'm trying to say here is that where the movie is set, where the story is supposed to take place, is usually L.A. or New York. Probably leans more towards L.A. just because that's, again, for example, Instant Family is a movie that is about adopting children. That takes place in New York, or excuse me, in L.A. That takes place in L.A. because that's where they're filming the movie, and I guess where the guy who wrote the movie lived, so that's why that it happens all the time. So, yeah, I'm, 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 saying, I'm talking about this topic for way too long, but basically every movie setting is New York or L.A., and then if it's not, it's usually because it's in space or it's some random setting that requires being in a different city or a different location like the mountains or underwater or in space. But even, oh gosh, even even Star Trek is based in San Francisco, so, yeah. Alex writes in, he says, In response to your statement that Gus Johnson is your favorite college football announcer, I value your opinion above almost anyone else in the sports media game, but I cannot comprehend how it's possible that I would love Gus Johnson. But what do you find appealing about him? Keep up the great work, and I look forward to your inevitable rise to... The top. So here's why I love Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson is not an analyst. Gus Johnson is not the one going, well, that didn't work because it's cover three and the corner dropped into coverage. Therefore, the flat's wide open. That's not what Gus Johnson's job is. Gus Johnson is the guy saying, the 40, the 50, the 30, the 5. Touchdown, Vikings! Gus Johnson's job is not to analyze football. His job is to bring excitement and passion and energy and enthusiasm. And Gus Johnson brings the juice. He's fun to listen to. He's got a great voice, but he, I like him, the human being, because he loves football. You can tell when you hear his voice. And so that's what Gus Johnson brings to the table. I probably don't need to say much more than that. I think Gus Johnson's the best in college football when it comes to Play-by-play announcing. He's not an analyst. Joel Klatt, his partner, is the analyst. Joel Klatt is also phenomenal. Joel Klatt's job is to analyze the game and say, here's why that happened. So Gus Johnson tells you what's happening as it happens. As if, so that way, if you weren't, if you were like in the kitchen, all you heard was the game. You weren't watching it. You hear Gus Johnson's voice telling you what's happening so you can still follow the game. And then Joel Klatt, when the play is over, will tell you why it just happened, what the defense did or what the quarterback did wrong or right or whatever. So that's, that's why I love Gus Johnson. He's really good at his role in broadcasting. Naomi writes in. Uh, she says, if you could refine where the starting quarterbacks play. Oh, my gosh, refine. Ah, that's his refigure. <laughs> Naomi writes in, they said, if you could refigure where the starting quarterbacks play, which teams would you put each quarterback on? This can be based on skill sets and the type of offense around them, or if you would just love to see a quarterback and a certain tight end connection, or if you just love a certain quarterback on another team for any reason. For example, I think Cam Newton on the 49ers would be pretty lethal. So I wrote down five quarterbacks I would love to see move. I wrote down where I think I'd like them to go. I'm actually going to change one. Um, but I, yeah, he, okay. So they're all for unique reasons. Gardner Minshew, I want to see lead the Jaguars. I think Gardner Minshew is a quarterback who can succeed 
if he's given a good team around him, Gardner means he's not going to elevate a team. The Jaguars are really bad, and they don't have a lot of talent. That's not going to work for them. They need a better quarterback to win, and he needs a better team to win. I think Gardner Minshew, there's two places I'd love to see him. I think the Saints should trade for Gardner Minshew. That'd be amazing. The New Orleans Saints trade for Gardner Minshew, get their quarterback of the future. Uh, they can literally run the exact same offense they run with Drew Brees. They have similar arm strength. And Gardner is very, very smart with the football. His problem is he just doesn't have the ability to drive the ball vertically. Now, the other team that Gardner Minshew would be phenomenal on is the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield is the Browns quarterback, and Baker struggles with discipline and with... I think Baker needs to be in a different offense where he can throw the ball more, be in shotgun all the time, whereas Cleveland wants him to run play action and throw the ball like 16 times a game and be decisive with the ball, and he doesn't have that skill set in my opinion. Uh, I think he's better suited to throw the ball more. I, I personally, This is a weird thought, but I would rather throw the ball 40 times a game than 16 or 15 or 10 because... Everything is a little less meaningful when you know you're going to get another throw on the next play. And I, I just I like the spread offense. I think Baker is more suited for the spread offense. And the way the, the Browns run their offense, they run play action. They have a lot of they, – they require precision and require you not to have great arm talent but instead be accurate and be smart with the football. And you have to do that in any quarterback spot. But I think Gardner Minshew would be great. He can, do, he can drive the car down the road – for the Browns, give them what they need. Where Baker, I think, is better suited in a different offense, throwing the ball more, in the shotgun more, uh, doing that with using his arm to win rather than using his mind to win. If that makes, I know that sounds weird. I wish I knew a better way to properly share that. But I think Gardner would be great on the Browns. I think that's the point here. Gardner Minshew would be great on the Cleveland Browns in their offense. I want to see Matt Ryan go to the 49ers. The 49ers are they're winning games often in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, I just said I would change the way I think about him. He's in a unique offense where the 49ers are so good at play design and matchups that they don't need Jimmy Garoppolo to be a typical quarterback. But Jimmy Garoppolo, he's like 1 for 10 or 2 for 20 or some crazy bad number on throws beyond 20 yards downfield. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a guy that can push the ball vertically. He just doesn't have the arm talent. Matt Ryan can. And Matt Ryan used to play for Kyle Shanahan, that coach in uh, San Francisco. And guess what? When Kyle Shanahan was teamed up with Matt Ryan, they got to a Super Bowl, and Matt Ryan won the NFL MVP. Matt Ryan was shredding the league. Matt Ryan has way more arm talent than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. I would love to see Matt Ryan paired up with Kyle Shanahan once again, this time in San Francisco with the 49ers. I want to see Derek Carr move, and that's weird. I, th- I think John Gruden likes Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr is ever going to leave. Uh, probably he's playing good enough, and it's working well enough. They just beat the, the Browns today. But I-, I still think Derek Carr is better suited in a different offense that's got less play action and less running the ball and more of a spread type. Now, again, look at Derek Carr in college, the offense he ran there, and how much control he had at line of scrimmage and uh, w- the types of throws he was making. And then look at him with the Raiders. He's throwing less often. He's throwing on play action to tight ends. or It's just different. And I think that Derek Carr is better suited in an offense that is spreading the ball around a little more 
and throwing more often. Um, I, maybe he maybe goes to the Vikings. Maybe he goes to the Falcons and replaces Matt Ryan. And then I think, well, if Derek Carr ever did leave the Raiders, how about Matt Stafford going to the Raiders to replace him? I, I think John Gruden would love the arm strength of John of Matthew Stafford. He would love the physical talent he has. Uh, that'd be awesome. Maybe Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr goes to the Patriots. They need a quarterback, certainly, right now. Uh, and that leads me to the last quarterback. I want to see Sam Darnold go to the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold really needs a good coach, and he really needs a good situation. Now, Robbie Anderson is there. Sam Darnold played with him last year on the Jets. And the Carolina Panthers have a really, really, really outstanding offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. He coached Joe Burrow in college at LSU. He's done a great job at Teddy Bridgewater. The play design, the creativity, the ability to recognize what your personnel is good at. I am so impressed with the Carolina Panthers and their offensive coaching. Sam Darnold could go to Carolina and have his career completely rejuvenated. And by the way, the Jets would trade Sam Darnold to Carolina because he's not in their division or in their conference even. The Panthers are an NFC South team. The New York Jets are an AFC East team. They're never going to play each other. They're not in the same division. They're not even in the same conference. They wouldn't play each other in the playoffs. Nothing. And so I would love to see my dream scenario. I so badly want to see Sam Darnold go to the Carolina Panthers, play for Joe Brady, play with Robbie Anderson, play for Matt Rule. The Panthers are turning things around They're awesome, and I so badly want to see Sam Darnold get traded to the Carolina Panthers. It makes sense for the Panthers. It makes sense for the Jets. It would be awesome, and I really, really want to see that happen. Okay, the next question is from... Who is it from? I I have the name I chose. Nichols writes in and says, Zach, who is your favorite NFL player of all time? I know you don't have a favorite team, but surely you have one or maybe a few favorite players. Mine would be... Tom Brady, Patrick Willis, Sean Taylor, and Dominic and Sue. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. A couple of my minds came to name. Uh, I really love, I, I love Drew Brees. I love Jamal Adams is one of my favorites. Um, I, uh, my favorite player of all time, though, I, I, Tua is amazing. I love Tua Tungavaloa. You know, I answered earlier who I would love to have on the show every week. I'd love to have Tua on the show every week. That'd be really fun. But no, um, my favorite NFL player of all time is Tom Brady. I I think Tom Brady to me is very inspiring. And I know that a lot of people hate Tom Brady. Uh, I think a lot of people hate Tom Brady because they were annoyed with how successful he was. And they, if you're just a, a surface-level fan of football, you want to see a different team in the Super Bowl because that's more interesting. I, I get that. But to me, what I find really inspiring about Tom Brady is not that he succeeded. It's how he did it. Because... He, he made it work in the NFL with work ethic rather than natural skill. Tom Brady is an average athlete. I mean, he's tall, sure, but he went from a nobody, a sixth-round draft pick who was slow, had bad footwork, and an average arm, and became the greatest quarterback of all time. With just dedication to his craft, he outworked everybody else. He's a great leader. Every single thing Tom Brady could control, he did. In fact, Tom Brady's got a better arm today than he did in college because he refined his mechanics. He learned how to use his body better, how to drive with his core, how to use his hips. 
His motivation is amazing. In fact, Tom Brady's won not one, not two, not three, not five, six Super Bowls. When you've been that successful your entire career, what drives you anymore? It's insane to me that Tom Brady still is hungry for more. That is one of the most single-handedly amazing things in the NFL is that Tom Brady said, I have won six times, and I still want to do it again, and I'm willing to work my butt off to do it again. The drive Tom Brady has is incredible, and nobody gives him credit for it. So I think the fact that he's still succeeding and when Tom Brady— Tom Brady's body is still in great shape. He's throwing the ball better than ever. Drew Brees is kind of falling off a cliff uh, physically. You can say, I think Drew Brees is making good decisions. He's got good stuff. But Drew Brees can't drive the ball downfield the way he wants. He used to. And Peyton Manning, his neck fell apart. He, he fell apart physically. Old people fall apart physically. The only way you don't is if you're incredibly dedicated and the reality is that when it comes to diet and training and stretching and taking care of your body, Drew Brees does a good job, better than Peyton Manning did, for sure. But Peyton Manning never adjusted his mechanics. He threw the ball in a certain way. It was bad for his neck. He never used his legs very well to drive the ball. Tom Brady said, I'm going to control everything. I'll tweak everything I can. And it's an indictment on Peyton Manning that Tom Brady took care of his body better and lasted longer. I love Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's awesome. Tom Brady's way more impressive. Tom Brady dominated and still dominates and took care of his body better than Peyton Manning, took care of his body better than Drew Brees. That's just my opinion. And I think it's fact that you look at what's happening. It's clear. Who's got a better arm today, Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. And that's partially because of the way he takes care of himself. And that's, that's another form of dedication people don't talk about enough. What you eat, how you train, your habits every day. That matters too, and that's Tom Brady's got this complete dedication to his craft. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Prestige. It's about two magicians that are obsessively dedicated to their craft. Tom Brady's like the magician in the Prestige. All he does is eat, sleep, and breathe football. And even when he's not in season, he's still figuring out how to be a better quarterback. And it just that's why Tom Brady's my favorite quarterback of all time. It's incredibly inspiring the dedication he has. To his craft. Okay. Um, Max writes in. I need some water first. I'm just ranting today. It's so fun. Max writes in. Max says. I have a question about the early days of strong opinion sports. I'm a creator too. Not podcasts. And I love doing my work. But sometimes I find it hard to be motivated when I feel like there's no one ever going to see it. Obviously, this has been made worse by COVID. I don't do it for the fame, but I think anyone would like to know that someone out there is listening. Back in the day when you were making episodes and you weren't putting them out or no one was listening, how did you keep yourself positive? So, Max, um, Max, I, I appreciate that people listen to the show. It pays my bills. It makes it possible for me to make a podcast. Uh, it That's not true. It, it makes it possible for me to have a place where I live and makes it my full-time job. But I also, I don't make strong opinion sports for anybody other than me. I love it. And if nobody listened, I would still make it. Because I always talk about things that 
I care about deeply. And there's always more things to talk about than I can possibly get to. So I, I quite frankly, like if, if the show financially fell apart tomorrow and I had to get a second job and do other stuff, I'd still do the show because I love it. And that's how I built it. I built it doing it for no money. Um, now, it is my job now. I have a sense of duty to do it. And to um, there are days where I go, hey, I got to push through because I, I need to make money and I need to survive. But in the early days, um, I was hungry and I wanted to make it. And I'm not trying to be condescending at all. I, I don't know you. I, 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 only you know your relationship with your art and with what you make. And only you know how much you love making content. And only you really know how badly you want to succeed. Like, you you know your relationship with what you do way more than I do. I don't want to speak to you. But I, I would encourage you to do some soul searching because it's, it's worth noting. Here's what motivated me back in the day. I was in college, uh, had a full-time job and school and did the podcast. And then at one point I was doing full-time school and playing college football and doing the podcast, you know, just managing a lot of stuff. And what motivated me was how many people would say, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And people talk about it all the time. Very few people do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to be the guy that does it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the stuff that people talk about doing. So that's what motivated me. Max, I don't have anything else to add to that, but I I, I just hope you know I, I don't I'm glad people listen, and, and it makes it makes me make money. It's my job. It's amazing, but I I think I would do it. Like if I if if I became a billionaire tomorrow, right? If I became a billionaire and money was never a problem ever again, I go on a vacation, uh, and then I would start doing strong opinion sports. And I probably wouldn't take a vacation until the NFL season was over. I would just make strong opinion sports. I'd have a better studio. I'd own a house. I'd live in Hawaii for sure. Um, I'd probably invest a lot of money in Haiti to take care of Haiti. But I I would still do strong opinion sports because that's what I love to do. And only you know your relationship with how much you love it. But do some soul searching. Be honest with yourself. Um, and uh, you, you say you don't care about the fame. If it really didn't matter that anyone saw it, then it wouldn't matter. So I, I don't know. I, I, also, it's okay. it's okay to rest. I mean, here's another thing. You might be conflating motivation with being tired. Uh, and this is where Ma- Max, I hope you listen to this part because this is important here. I have days where creatively I'm exhausted, where I need to recharge my mind because I don't have anything creative to say. That happens. And maybe when you don't feel motivated, it's because you're still processing your next idea. That That's very possible. That's a real thing where the creative process doesn't have a time limitation. Like, for example, I have a work schedule where I, I have a certain, I have office hours basically where I go to my office and I sit and I watch football and I write about football and I sit and I think about stuff. But I don't have a recording schedule because I don't think that you can't put a time limit on creation. Sometimes the episode takes longer and sometimes I get it out really quickly. This episode came out really quickly. I, I didn't need a lot of time to work on this particular episode. I just, I looked at the questions and went, that's effing awesome. I have a lot to say. I took some notes. I have a couple like outlines, you know, a couple like bullet points scrolled out. But I, I really, really, uh, sometimes my ideas take a lot longer to make than others, and that's okay too. So if there is a day where you just aren't motivated, maybe you need to sleep. Maybe you need to write a little bit. Maybe you need to get away from it because sometimes the best way to make something is to go in the woods and think about it 
rather than sitting at your desk trying to watch football. Sometimes my best videos are made when I'm away from my desk and I'm away from my work and I let my mind wander a little bit. So be kind to yourself, man. I, I don't know that motivation is even the problem. It could be just that you need rest to think about stuff and to mentally prepare. So Max, I love you. I'm rooting for you as a creator. I think you're awesome. I'm not trying to, I feel like I was a little bit harsh at the beginning of this topic. That wasn't my goal. Uh, But I do know that a lot of people say, I'm going to do this. And they talk about it and they never do it. So Mark or uh, Max, I have no idea who you are. I've never, I I don't know anything about your relationship with your art, but I encourage you, man, um, be kind to yourself, be honest with yourself and do the work, man. I, I, it's amazing when you do it because I, I effing love what I do. It's I have the best job in the world. Okay, Jean-Luc writes, out, writes in. He says, Hi, Zach. One of my favorite things about your podcast is how humble you are and how willing you are to admit your mistakes and revisit them. So here's me giving you the opportunity to brag a little bit. What are some of your biggest, quote, I told you so moments? What are some victory laps you'd like to claim? Love the show as always. Congrats on reaching 300. Jean-Luc, um... And he says favorite with a U, so he's, he's from the U.K. somewhere, or, or Europe at least. Um, Jean-Luc, I, I try to suppress this side of myself, the ego side. It comes out all the time. I don't mean to, though. It's not my heart. Uh, honestly, I don't even know. I'm, I'm racking my brain. I, I came up with one, but I don't know that there are a lot of moments I can think of where I go, like, yeah, we killed it, because I don't, I don't care about them. I don't keep track of them. I don't have a running tally in my head of times I got wrong. I think the same way, you know, the audience cares way more when you get something wrong than when you get something right, because there's something inherently human that we love about, oh man, he's supposed to be an expert and he got it wrong. Oh boy. Can't wait to grill him. You, you No one ever comments on my videos. Oh my gosh. You got that. So right. No one goes back to, you know, my week, was it week four? My NFL week four or five predictions were perfect. I literally, I accurately predicted every single game, like 15 or 16 games. I picked every single game correctly. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and, and I don't just pick the score and who wins. I picked the theme of a game. I accurately predicted the theme of every single game of the NFL season. That's cool. Nobody goes back to that video and goes, can you believe how much you nailed that? But everybody goes to my Justin Herbert video and goes, Zach, you were totally wrong. Admit you were wrong. Admit it. Admit it. Admit it. Ah!" We have an obsession with calling people out when they're wrong. It's way more fun. It's way more interesting. And the same way that the audience doesn't care when I'm right, I don't care when I'm right. I care when I'm wrong. I I think when I'm wrong is way more fascinating too. I get bored. When I'm watching a game, you know, I was right about the, I can't remember what game. There was some game the other day where, I totally here's, – here's a great example. The the Kansas City Chiefs beat the crap out of the New York Jets. Uh, I think it was like 35-9. to nine. I'm going to watch that game because I'm a madman. That's what I do. Uh, and I'm curious if Le'Veon Bell did anything. I'm curious how Sam Darnold did. I also like watching the Chiefs' offense. That's fun. But I'll tell you what. I'm not very interested in that game because exactly what I said would happen did happen. That's not interesting. What's interesting is I said that – and I did not believe that the Minnesota Vikings could beat the Packers on Sunday. Guess what? The Green Bay Packers got beat 28-2 to by the Minnesota Vikings. I was wrong, 
And I'm way more interested in that because I want to know. I'm curious. Like, what? how did I get this wrong? Like, what happened? I don't know. And I'm genuinely interested. What could have possibly gone wrong that I, I missed this one? So, yeah, I don't care about what I get right very much. I will say my biggest... Um, my biggest like moment I'll flex on that I'm like, yeah, I nailed it. I remember before the NFL draft, uh, I guess it's the 2019 NFL draft. I said that the Arizona Cardinals should trade away Josh Rosen and draft Kyler Murray. I saw the film. I was convicted. I said, Kyler Murray, like Josh Rosen may or may not be good. Doesn't matter. Kyler Murray is going to be good. I love his film. He's incredible. He's the best quarterback in the draft. I was convicted. Kyler Murray's a generational talent. You got to draft him. And the Cardinals listened to that. They traded Josh Rosen. They drafted Kyler Murray. And I was right about it. He looks amazing. He's killing it. I, I am strongly convicted that was the right thing to do. And imagine if the Cardinals had kept Josh Rosen. And Kyler Murray would have gone to who had the second pick? Like the Washington drafted Chase Young. Was it that? Was that who did it? Or maybe it was a, it was a Nick Bosa? Yeah, Washington drafted uh, the 49ers drafted Nick Bosa. You know, the gosh, the, the Giants would have moved up and gotten Kyler Murray. Imagine if the Giants had Kyler Murray. Imagine if. Washington, they drafted uh, they drafted Dwayne Haskins in that draft. Imagine if Washington had Kyler Murray, right? Kyler Murray was by far the best quarterback in that draft. You know, one of my biggest regrets in life is I, I really didn't like Dwayne Haskins' film out of college. I said he throws the ball well, or very, I said he throws the ball poorly. And I, I remember being scared to call Dwayne Haskins the way I saw it because I, I remember watching Dwayne Haskins going, I don't, I don't like this. And then my response to that was when I didn't like Justin Herbert, I was hard on Justin Herbert because I was like, I don't want to be wrong again where I have a gut feeling this person's wrong and I look at – and not just gut feeling. I see film that I think is bad. I don't care what everyone else says. I care what I believe. And I remember I eased off the gas a little bit on Dwayne Haskins because I, I didn't like what I saw, but everyone else was saying he was great. So I was like, well, I, I got it. Maybe I'm wrong here. So I eased off the gas. I should have gone in harder. I should have said I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins because guess what? He's flamed out. And I regret not going with what I believed rather than listening too much to what people around me said. So I, I killed it on Kyler Murray. I was totally right. It was obvious there. And there were people saying like, well, Kyler Murray's really short. I don't know. He's small. Like people, people criticize Tua. I saw, some, I saw somebody the other day, and I'm, I'm just yelling now and ranting. I apologize. But I saw somebody going, you know, Tua Tagovailoa. Is is short, so he's not going to succeed in the NFL. I go, do you watch film, dude? This is a someone sent me this take. It's a sports broadcaster I grew up listening to, who I admire. I really, and he works hard. Like I don't care who you are, this guy works incredibly hard. He does. He knows very little about quarterbacks. And oh my gosh, he's like, two is too short to play in the NFL. I had an epiphany. I'm like, shut up. Watch the film. Two is going to succeed in the NFL. It's obvious. I don't. I don't know. I'm ranting. Makes me mad, but. My point is that it was obvious Kyler Murray was going to make it when I saw film, and I was totally right on that. People doubted me, but I was right. How many are left? I think we'll take another break at some point after this next question, probably. Um, Evan writes in and Holden writes in. I'll read both at the same time. Evan says, hey, Zach, the change to overtime where if the first team scores a touchdown, the second team has an opportunity to match with a touchdown of their own. 
that rule change seems seems so simple. So why won't the NFL make it? So if the, if the team that gets the ball first in overtime scores a touchdown, it seems like the other team should have an opportunity to respond. That's what he's saying. Uh, what other rules seem this obvious to you? Congrats on 300. Holden also writes in. He says, if you could make one rule change to the game of football, what would it be and why? So here's the uh, overtime's prob- a problem. It's uh, I'd love to solve it someday. It's not perfect, but it's okay. I think most importantly, I just don't want to see ties. I think ties are the worst thing in football. Uh, anything we can do to avoid having a tie, like let's go to – I really the XFL had a great idea where they said let's just run plays from the two yard line, a few plays. Let's limit contact, but let's let's get a resolution so we don't have ties. That's great. I hate ties in football games. Um, but here's the rule that I hate the absolute most in the NFL. It's the worst rule in football. If I'm running towards the end zone, I'm you know I got the ball. I'm running with the ball. I'm about to score a touchdown. Oh oh whoops! I dropped the ball and it goes out. The, it goes out the end zone goes out of bounds in the end zone, and I was running to the end zone. I was about to score a touchdown, and I fumbled. Guess what happens? It's no longer my football. It's the other team's football at the 20-yard line. It's a turnover and a touchback. If I fumble out of the end zone, no problem. Hey, make it a touchback. You can even say, if it was second down, it's still second down from the 20-yard line. Totally fine. I, I Okay with all of that. I get it. I Totally fine with me. But what I hate about this rule is why is it a turnover? Why is it the other team's ball? That makes no sense. It's stupid. I hate it. It drives me nuts. Uh, that's the worst rule in football by far. If I'm running to the end zone and I reach out for the end zone and I fumble. I saw Derek Carr do this one time. Derek Carr reaching for the end zone. The ball came out of his hands. It went through the end zone out of bounds. It was the other team's ball at the 20-yard line. Why is that a turnover? That's just dumb. If I fumble out of bounds, normally, and not in the end zone, but just if I, from running to the 40-yard line and I fumble out of bounds, it goes out of bounds to the 35-yard line, it's still my ball because that's how fumbles work. If I fumble out of bounds, I keep the ball. Why is it that if I fumble out of the back of the end zone, that's a, that's a, a turnover? Just a dumb rule. I hate it. It's really dumb and really stupid, so it's my least favorite rule in the entire NFL. All right, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, when I return, we'll talk about um, what quarterback should change teams, um, what's my favorite NFL season of all time, am I moving to Cincinnati still, uh, how do you get into F1, my favorite beer, um, why, do I take a, why do I tell people I'm taking a break? That's a fun one. I'll answer that. I'm about to take a break right now. Um, a lot of good stuff ahead. Uh, some other stuff about breathing and Alex Albin and Mandalorian my favorite comic book superhero, uh, some lessons from the 300 episodes I've done. A lot of stuff is up ahead. Uh, my name is Axe Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. I hope you're doing well. Rita writes in. She says, hey, Zach, congrats on the podcast reaching 300 episodes. Looking at how well Ryan Tannehill has been doing since being on the Titans, which currently struggling quarterback do you think will still will see have a resurgence in his career by switching teams? You know, it's funny. You mentioned Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill left and got away from Adam Gase. Bam! Had a better career instantly. And now the obvious one to me is Sam Darnold needs to get away from Ryan Gase. Sam Darnold 
Oh my gosh, she needs to be saved. This is my girlfriend's phone. She gave it to me because she's trying to focus on homework. Sam Darnold needs to get away from the Jets. Sam Darnold needs to get away from Adam Gase. Um, he needs a good coach. And so I, I think that Sam Darnold by far is the obvious quarterback who could leave his team and have a much better, much more successful career. If you're listening to the audio version, I pulled out a different phone that wasn't the one I used to read the, the question. That's because my girlfriend gave me her phone just trying to study. She said, take my phone away from me. So I have her phone. I put it on the floor. Minshew is the dark horse, another guy who I think could leave his team and get better. I think Minshew, Gardner Minshew needs a good football team around him. Sam Darnold's a project. Sam Darnold has a lot of talent. He needs to be in a better system with better strategy and kind of be taught how to play football a little bit. Like I think Joe Brady, the Panthers are a perfect spot for Sam Darnold because they've got Teddy Bridgewater, who Sam Darnold played under, by the way, and then... So they have Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. They also have Joe Brady, this guy who is a great quarterback coach who can teach Sam Darnold how to play football at a high level and really help Sam. Uh, and they're building as an organization. I think at every level, the Panthers are a perfect organization for Sam Darnold. They can sit for a little bit behind Teddy Bridgewater. He can learn how to play a position, learn their system. When he's mastered it, bam, Sam Darnold is way more talented physically than Teddy Bridgewater, can be the man in Carolina. Um Sam just needs a good coach, and that's what he can have with the Panthers. I think the Panthers are a perfect fit for Sam Darnold. Now, again, Gardner Minshew is the dark horse. I think Gardner Minshew needs to be on a good, talented football team. And if he is, he can win games. If if Gardner Minshew was on the New Orleans Saints or on the the Cleveland Browns are a good football team, actually. They're very talented. Gardner Minshew is a quarterback who can make good decisions and can win with a good roster around him, but he's not going to elevate a bad team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the next question is from Evan. Says, Zach, in the three years, at least I think three years, what has been your favorite year of the NFL that you have covered so far? Between good storylines and exciting games, what was your favorite? Um, That's hard, man. It's like picking your favorite children. What's my favorite season? I live in the present. Uh, Whatever year is currently happening is probably my favorite. I really liked... um, Last year was fun. I think this year probably is my favorite. For me, I don't. I, I almost forget the old storylines. Like I, I move on so quickly, and I I live such in the so much in the pro, in the present and in the moment. And I I think part of why I like covering the NFL this year is I feel like I'm getting better at it. I feel like I'm doing a better job um, of my doing my job. I'm, I'm just getting better at the process of covering the NFL, and I'm watching more football games than ever. I used to when I started. I used to watch a lot of highlights and a lot of. Look at you know I I, I criticize people who look at uh, box scores and say well this guy had three touchdowns therefore he's good and this guy because I used to be that guy I used to do that and I know most people do that in the sports world and um, I I watch almost every single I, I actually you know this week I've got a plan I'm watching every single football game this week once again I've done it now my third week in a row watching every single play of every single game in the NFL that's insane. Uh, and I, I'm just getting better at my job and better at time management. So uh, that makes this year my favorite year because I, I think I'm doing the best job covering the NFL. And that's really fun for me and something I really enjoy. Davis writes in, says, Zach, congrats on your 300 episodes. Your show is like talking to an old friend. I love that. That's awesome. Talking to an old friend rather than a gridiron know-it-all. I love that, man. Thank you, Davis. I really I try to talk to you guys like, you are my friend, and I, I hope you feel that way when you listen. My question is, 
a while ago you talked about moving to Cincinnati, but that's gone to the hush recently. Uh, is that still your to-do list? Is that still in your to-do list, or have you found a new city to escape to from Portland? So I still want to go to Cincinnati. I, I was planning to move there for this football season, and COVID ruined it. I got, a, I got hit financially really hard. didn't have the money to move. Uh, I also, I just, it was a lot of other stuff going on, and I wanted, I wanted to go to Cincinnati to go to other football games in the area. A lot of those games don't have fans at them, so I just, COVID kind of ruined all my plans. Now, my dream is to move to probably Hawaii someday. I mean, that'd be like, I, I can do my job anywhere in the world. I like their time zone. I like the beach. I like the isolation. I like the secludedness. Uh, it's expensive. That's, I don't know how to do that part, and um, I know that to buy any house anywhere, I think it's going to take about four years uh, of saving to uh, have a, enough money saved up to do a down payment. So here's my plan, in case anybody cares. Uh, I, I have a four-year plan of saving money in my mind. I'm going to live with lower rent and uh, cut some bills here and there. And uh, my plan is to move to live to live in Utah first for a year, maybe two. Utah's got... I'm not Mormon. I'm I. I don't care about that. I, I care more. Utah is beautiful. It's safe. It's nice. It's actually got the best internet, like in America. The NSA is there. Uh, therefore, they have a ton of really, really good internet infrastructure built. You can get, uh, you know, my internet speed is like, I, I get on a good day like 40 megabytes per second, uh, download speed. Uh, you can the fastest you can get in most of America is a thousand. The best and the fastest you can get in a lot of Utah, by the way, is 10,000 megabytes per second. That's 10 gigs a second. And it's, and it's affordable. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Utah's got better internet than anywhere. It's a lot cheaper than where I live. I want to get out of the Portland area. I hate it here, and I, I grew up here. It doesn't feel like home anymore. It doesn't feel like it, it feels like it got taken over by a bunch of other people, and I, I just don't want to be here anymore. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to get out of here. Uh, the home, really, the problem here is the homeless population is like just insane. Uh, the, the the riots and the the, the riots slash the protests I, they're not really they're they're in an isolated part of the city that I don't go to, and it, it's like it's like two blocks right are on fire and or have protests in them, and depending on the day, and it's not, that's not a bother to me really. But the homeless people are everywhere. No matter where you live, I live on the Vancouver side. I live across the river even. Homeless people are crazy here. So it's just there's homeless everywhere, and no one's doing anything about it. Uh, they, they, there's, like, literally fires next to the freeway where people have camps. And I have empathy for those people, but I don't want to live near them. Uh, and I, I don't like – it's just – I'm sounding really privileged, and I get it, but I don't, I don't want – I want to live in the mountains in Utah where there's no traffic and less population, and it's way cheaper, and there's no homeless people uh, and so I'm going to go to Utah for a year or two. Then I'm going to go to Cincinnati. Hopefully by then uh, COVID is neutralized or way less and I can go enjoy uh, the amazing city that is Cincinnati. And then I can from there go to, uh, uh, you know, it's really close to other cities. It's kind of a hub where you can go to Chicago, Cleveland, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis. There's a bunch of uh, Green Bay. There's a bunch of stuff in that area where I'd love to go check out around Cincinnati as well as in Cincinnati. Um, I want to take my girlfriend to Skyline Chili. I want to go to Northern Road Brewery. I want to go there like once a week and have a beer. That'd be awesome. 
It's also another city. Cincinnati's way, way cheaper than where I live. And not just – here's something people forget. Yeah, I've done a lot of research into moving to Hawaii. Uh, real estate's more expensive than in Hawaii than it is here by a little, by a little bit, but not a lot. But food in Portland is actually really expensive. The in the Big Island of Hawaii, the the food is expensive, sure, uh, but it's actually very similar to the cost of a lot of stuff in Portland where I live. Uh, the same berries that I pay like seven dollars for here, uh, I, I I bought them in Ohio at Cincinnati. It was like a dollar twenty-five. I went, what the heck? Oh my gosh! Everything is more expensive here. I want to get out of here. Uh, and then after, so two years in Utah probably, because it's going to take two years to to see all the nature I really want to see in that area. Right next to the Colorado Rockies and uh, the south of Utah is incredible. Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon, a uh, bunch of stuff to the east of Utah. I want to explore all of Utah. I want to swim in the Salt Lake when it's warm in the summer. Like you can sit in the Salt Lake and just float. You don't have to, there's no effort because it's salty. You just float in it. It's such high salt content. And uh, in the summer, it's like 95 degrees. I want to float in the lake in 95-degree weather in Salt Lake City. And then in the winter, it's snowy. I've been there in the winter. It's really nice. Covered. I did a, a Utah-Washington State game. I broadcasted that once. So Utah for two years. Cincinnati, then probably a year in Spokane, Washington, where uh, there's no state income tax. There are uh, You're really close to the Canadian border, meaning I go to Banff National Park, which would be six hours away. Um, a lot of nature in the Spokane area. My grandma is in that area. So I'm going to do probably two years in Utah, a year in Cincinnati, a year in Spokane. And then if I want to adventure anywhere else, if there's like another part of the country that I'm like, hey, let's go live there for a year and I can rent there. And I'm just trying to save money for the next four or five years and buy a house someday. That's my dream. And it's my long-term plan. If anybody cares, Bert writes in, Bert says this, he says, if I can open my phone, Hey Zach. I've always been a football and baseball fan, but I find that as hockey or basketball is covered more, I start to watch it, and I definitely like it. This led me to wonder whether or not I would like F1. I know a good amount of people who are F1 fans, but I wouldn't know where to start learning about the sport. So my question for you is what do I need to know about F1 to start watching, and how can I learn more? So Bert, here's how you do it. You watch the Netflix series, Netflix Drive to Survive. It's all about F1. Start on season one. There's two seasons so far. Uh, I would even take notes if I were you. Google the words that you've never heard of when they talk about um, chicane. Like, what's a chicane? Google it, right? Learn stuff. Uh, And then the key to F1 is knowing the drivers and the teams because there's so much drama and intrigue and so many storylines week to week between the drivers and the teams. And if you know some of the key words, you know what to look for during the broadcast. So Drive to Survive is one of my favorite docuseries I've ever watched. That and Last Chance You are incredible. Go watch Netflix Drive to Survive, Bert. That's how you learn F1 and uh, take notes, research a couple words you've never heard of, and then uh, that you'll know a lot more about F1 than you ever thought you would. And you'll really enjoy the sport, I think, a lot when you know the nuance behind it after watching the Netflix TV series, docu-series, Drive to Survive. Dale writes in. Dale says, I recall the metaphors you use with your favorite brewery. What's your favorite type of beer? Pilsner, IPA, Stout, Sour, etc. And do you have a go-to on game days? So there are, there's really only two beers I ever drink. 
Uh, and one of them I don't really drink because I'm not in the city that you can get it. So I love my favorite beer in the world on the planet is Northern Row Brewery in Cincinnati. They're Hellas. Hellas is a, uh, I believe, a German beer. It's hard to make. They make it phenomenally. They do a great job. Everything I've ever drank from Northern Row Brewery is phenomenal, in fact. Um, and that's my, I want to, I really want to, I want the experience of living in Cincinnati, drinking Northern Row beer and their brewing every once a week, just on my laptop, writing a little bit, watching sports. Uh, I, I just imagine myself watching a football game once a week on my laptop in their, in their tasting room with a beer next to me on their Wi-Fi. That sounds amazing. Now, if I'm at home, uh, my favorite beer to drink, and there's really only one is Kona Longboard IPA. Kona Brewing from Hawaii, their Longboard IPA. I almost never drink. I literally drink maybe two or three times a year. It's disgusting how little I drink. My dad's actually a beer writer. He is disappointed in that. He wishes I drank more. Uh, I'm just busy, man. Most nights for me are a work night. And then I'll be honest, if there's ever a night that I'm not working uh, and I'm trying to relax and have a good time, I probably do edibles, so I, I'm just not a big beer guy. I never have been. I drink beer when I'm camping or when I'm uh, floating the river. But my, my favorite beer in the world right now is Kona Brewing's Longboard IPA. It's really good. It's got a cool-looking can. It's got, like, uh, the Big Island outline, and uh, it's got uh, it's a red can. It's just cool. I, I recommend you go find it. But that's my favorite beer, and that's the beer I drink if and when I ever do drink beer. I really, it's funny, people bring beer to my house and I have, I have maybe 14, my, my fridge is like half full of beer that people brought and I never drank. So I just don't drink beer, like literally ever. I, I, it's just not what I do. But if I do drink it, it's the Kona Brewing Longboard IPA. It's my favorite beer in the world. Daniel writes in. He says, hey, Zach. Why do you tell us you are taking a break when recording a podcast show? To you, there's a break. But to us, you could take a month off, and there's really no break in the show. That's a good point. My theory is that you were practicing, so when you were on live TV and go to commercial, you were ready. Just wondering. So, Daniel, it depends where you watch or listen to the show. Um, I, I have YouTube ads. So if you're, wa- if you're watching on YouTube and I say, oh, I'm going to take a short break, I will be right back and the music go fades in bam there's a commercial They're like hey my name is uh your soap sucks get real soap for men you, you get that commercial then you click the skip ad because that's what people do and I, I know you I, I watch youtube too i know how it works you skip the ad and then bam my, my beautiful shining face is back again that's what happens um and uh Someday on the audio-only version, I want to have baked in ads as well. I occasionally get a sponsor where I go, you know, this episode is sponsored by blah, blah, right? And that happens. Uh, but I also don't have very many sponsors because I, I, like, literally almost none. I mean, very, I get one maybe, like, every month. Uh, and that's not that I get very few sponsorship offers. It's that I rarely get offered ads and sponsorships that I like. I don't want to take sponsorships with crappy products and companies that I don't approve of. I don't like, like I turned down so much effing gambling money, but I don't like gambling. I don't want their money. I don't want to work with them. I have no desire. I'm totally good financially. Uh, and I, I don't want to sacrifice my morals for some nice gambling money. So, um, 
I, I'm not big enough yet, uh, the numbers on the podcast version, to do get whatever ads I want. But once I am, once the show is even bigger, then, uh, and, and if you like gambling, that's your thing. It's just not my thing. But once the show is even bigger, I'll have the pick of the litter and I'll have really high quality ads and I can insert more ads. But until I have really good ads and products that I like that want me to endorse them, I'm not going to do it. So I, I wait till I have better ads and uh, I probably could reach out to companies. Um, but I've really just been waiting till they reach out to me, and that's my, I don't know, I probably could make more money, but I just, uh, I'm busy I'm busy making stuff. I don't want to worry about advertisers. I want to worry about watching. I have, how many, one, two, I have like 14, 15, 16 football games to watch this week, and I, you know what, I, no, it's like, I think it's like, I think it's like 13. It doesn't matter. I have a ton of football games to watch. I'm not, I don't want to worry about, it's 13 by Thursday. That's how many games I have to watch. Now I think about it. I don't want to worry about advertisers. It's not my job and not what I want to do. And so, um, yep, that's why I tell you guys I'm going to go on a break, though. It's that long story that hopefully answered your question. Connor writes in. Oh, man, I need to drink some water. Connor says, hey, Zach, I know I asked a question already, but I'm really curious to hear your opinion on Trey Lance's arm strength. Remember the North Dakota State quarterback? Because I've heard he has a cannon, and I've heard that he has a noodle. I've watched him myself, and it's super difficult to tell, but his arm just looks kind of average to me. What do you think? So, Troy Lance's arm is fine. His NFL quality makes good throws. Like, the ball comes out well. That's all fine. Arm strength is not the question for Trey Lance. The question you should be asking, how is his accuracy? How is his timing? It's hard to judge. I plan to make a video on Trey Lance soon at some point. Uh, I keep meaning to. It's just a lot of brain power. And also, I want to be careful with my words because uh, the one game I saw Trey Lance play this year, he didn't play good. And I was not impressed. I thought it was a poor performance. And so I, I, I just I don't want to tear the guy down. So I'm trying to find the right way to say what I need to say to say that I, I am concerned about him. But I also don't want to be harsh, and so I'm just I'm kind of dragging my feet on putting out a video about my expectations for Trey Lance because I just don't have the heart yet to tear this guy down a little bit. That's not what I want to do. So I'm just I guess I'm looking for the right words to say that in a right, the right way that is honest but also not attacking. If that makes sense, combative maybe is the word. Uh, so, but yeah, Trey Lance. The question: His arm is fine. That's the question to answer. Uh, the question is accuracy and timing. And that's not fine. And that's maybe in question to a big degree. Thomas writes in and says, Hey, Zach, are you ever going to make some fantasy football leagues for yourself and your followers? You could have a few leagues of 10 to 12 people. I think you and us followers would have a ton of fun if that's something you would want to do in the future. Thomas, fantasy football. Uh, Fantasy football is really, really daunting to me. I don't, I've never played fantasy football. It feels like, and it seems like, a really huge time commitment. In fact, I was supposed to be in a league this year, and like a week before the league started, I said, I got to pull out. I'm not I'm not confident I can be following with this and keep up with it. And I'm, also, I'm not even sure I would like fantasy football, to be totally honest. It's a lot of nonsense and luck, and it feels like you're like guessing a lot. I don't know. Maybe I'd be good at it but because I, I know I'd know the league really well. And I think maybe next year or two years from now, I'll try to join a league. And I'd love to document 
my experience in fantasy football. Like, I think probably what I'd have to do is a it, it would take so much time. It'd probably do like a weekly podcast, like say every Wednesday, dedicated to my picks and how last week went and what I'm doing this week. And I, I, it might actually be that's a good idea. That might actually be really interesting to like play fantasy football and talk about how much I either hate it or like it and why and what decisions I'm making and why I'm benching a player or starting who and this and that. Uh, I'm sure I would be good. I, I would think I'd be good at fantasy football because I, my predictions are often right. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident. I know I know the league very, very well. How many people playing fantasy football watch every single game every single week? Almost none because they're at the office, so they're working, and they don't have time to do that. So I probably could dominate fantasy football, I would think, maybe, if I want. I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't. And I don't really care about that. I worry about the time commitment. Um, but it seems like something I would like. And I also love the idea of someday doing it with a group of fans, like people on Patreon. How cool would that be? Patreon Fantasy Football League? That'd be awesome. So um, maybe, hopefully. But how do you guys like the idea of me doing next year maybe a, a weekly podcast documenting my journey, telling the story of doing fantasy football, how much I love it or hate it? What do you think? I could probably, I probably could do that. I probably could. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, fantasy football is scary to me, but it's interesting at the same time. Carter writes in. Carter says, I wanted to give a suggestion for your breathing problem. I was never able to breathe through the right side of my nose. And after visiting a plastic surgeon, he said something along the lines of, I can fix this for sure and make you breathe. Long story short, I breathe so well at the right side of my nose, I think the left side might also be messed up. I suggest you go talk to a plastic surgeon in your area as they will be able to determine fairly quickly if a functional rhinoplasty is your best option. You will probably need your doctor to give you a letter of recommendation for the surgery, but you should be able to see a surgeon for a visit, no problem. Uh, Carter, I appreciate your thought. Now, I don't think rhinoplasty is the right word. Rhinoplasty is cosmetic in the outside. I think septoplasty is what I would need. That's the inside of your nose. Uh, it's a small technical detail. Money's a problem right now for me as far as doctor stuff. Like I'm, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out. I keep hitting my mic. Getting my wisdom teeth out on Friday afternoon. Uh, that's that's cost right there. Uh, insurance here is – I don't have good insurance, honestly. Uh, I have it through my mom because I'm self-employed, and it's really almost impossible to get insurance if you're self-employed. Um, so money's a problem. I Even – I've gone to the doctor before for my nose. They said nothing was wrong. They charged me literally $1,000, and I was like, you literally said you said to get Flonase and charged me $1,000. What the heck? Uh, so I'm a bit wary of going to a doctor again. Uh, and also, I don't know when I would do – so I'm doing um, my, my, my wisdom teeth on Friday, uh, and that is strategic because there's a game Thursday night – I'll record Friday morning about with my predictions and with the, you know, talking about the Thursday night football game. And then I'm going to go be incapacitated for a day where I won't be. I'll be caught like I'll get my wisdom teeth out. I'm not getting uh, I'm just getting numbed. I'm not getting under knocked out. So it's way cheaper that way. And also you're you're not as woozy afterward and you're more cognizant. But it might be till Tuesday before I can actually talk. I'm assuming Monday or Tuesday I'll be able to record again. I guess it's not this Friday. It's next Friday. 
the 13th. Friday the 13th is when I'm getting my wisdom teeth out, which is a stupid day if you think about if you're, uh, uh, what do you call it, superstitious, but whatever, I'm doing it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I did the research, a septoplasty on your nose so you can breathe better. It's like, what do you call it? It's a, it's a, it's a month or two months of recovery time. I can't take that much time off work, uh, and I need to be able to breathe and talk, and I, I don't know. Maybe in like 40 years I'll get a septoplasty to fix my nose. Or if I'm just rich as hell in like 20 years, maybe that just – but I, it's, this is a, a, a huge surgery on my nose is something that is a long way away that I just don't have the funds or the time to deal with right now. David writes in and says, hey, Zach, do you think Alex Albin should lose his seat at Red Bull? Has he had enough chances by now? Thanks and congrats on 300 episodes. Happy to say – I've been here for most of them. Okay. Yeah, dude. I'm sad for Alex Albin, but he needs to go, unfortunately. Uh, which is, I feel bad for Alex Albin because you think about him. Alex Albin has been driving cars and karting and doing racing his whole life, literally. It, this is the, if Red Bull fires Alex Albin and doesn't bring him back, it's the death of his dream. It'll be earth-shattering. He'll have to find probably a new life path, a new career path uh, after dedicating like his whole life literally to racing. And I'm sure maybe he could find a, a drive somewhere else in some other car league. But the reality is, as bad as I feel for Alex Albin, and I, I am pretty heartbroken for the guy. Losing your dream, I, 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 I want to play college football really badly, and I had a couple setbacks, and I, I thought that, it sucks when you when you have a dream and you don't make it. It's it's painful, and so I feel bad for Alex Albin. But the reality is, today at Amola was kind of the I think the the last draw for Alex Albin, where he took himself out of the race. He did not finish because he made a dumb error, and I you know did he not finish either way? I think he no, I think he did finish. He just got moved way back in the standings. I apologize for that. Uh, but my point is that Red Bull needs to be competitive. They need a second driver who is is right up there with Max Verstappen. Every single race in F1, it's Mercedes 1, 2, and Red Bull 3, or maybe sometimes Max Verstappen is third, is second beating Valtteri Bottas or you know Lewis Hamilton, but they need a second Red Bull driver to be pushing those top three from behind. Alex Albin cannot do it. It's unfortunate, but it's a reality. Daniel Kvyat was better today than Alex Albin. It's it's a done deal. Alex Albin's out. I think Red Bull's got to go get Sergio Perez or Nico Hulkenberg. Both are more deserving than Daniel than uh, than Alex Albin right now to be in an F one seat. And I just I feel bad for Alex Albin, but it's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and Alex Albin is not delivering like he needs to. And uh, unfortunately, it's also a business, and F- Red Bull wants to and needs to win. So they're going to move on from Alex Albin, in my opinion, and I think they should as well. Zach writes in, he says, what are your thoughts about The Last Jedi? Additionally, have you seen The Mandalorian, and what do you think about it? So I actually had to, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is my favorite movie series growing up as a kid. And so what I'm about to say Really, really blew my mind. I could not believe it. When I read this question, I actually had to look up which one of the new movies is The Last Jedi. I went, 
Is it the last one? Is it Rise of Skywalker? I, I couldn't. I literally couldn't remember. It's a bad sign. If I didn't remember which movie the Last Jedi was of the new trilogies, of the new of the new uh, the new trilogy, the the, the sequel trilogy with Ray and Finn and all the characters. If I couldn't remember which movie it was, it probably wasn't very good. It's not memorable. And it really diminished my my love for it. I mean, the, the ending with Palpatine. Palpatine is alive still? Pulling the strings and where all these this massive amount of, of ships come from that are like off in space distant somewhere. The Last Jedi, I thought, just had a bunch of weird problems and flaws and it was horribly explained and it wasn't well thought out and... Um, you watch, um, first of all, when you watch the original trilogy of Star Wars, Empire, Sp- Strikes ba- Empire Strikes Back is effing amazing. And the Return of the Jedi, I would never be like, which one was Return of the Jedi? Oh, I know. It was great. I remember it. The Ewoks were awesome. And I I watched the movie Tenet the other day um, with uh, made by Christopher Nolan. Tenet was thought-provoking. It was well done. It was an interesting storyline. And I don't need Star Trek to be Tenet. Or I don't need Star Wars to be Tenet. Maybe a better comparison is I love the movie Star Star Trek with uh, Chris Pine and Captain Kirk. That movie is so fun. Every time I watch it, it's very rewatchable. It makes me energized and excited. Uh, I think The Last Jedi, to me, I remember it being really long. Even in theaters, I was like, this is really long, kind of boring, not very well paced. It's just not a very good movie. And I thought that maybe it was the fault of the movie before that, the Rise of Skywalker, with a bunch of weird choices by Rayan Johnson. They had to fix it and retcon a lot of stuff. I don't know, but it—it's not a very good movie. Now, The Mandalorian. So I, I love the Star Wars universe. I love the world. Mandalorian looks amazing. I've never watched it. Uh, I'm about to get. I just canceled HBO today because uh, I have a budget now, and I'm going to go get Disney Plus. Uh, and I. I, I can probably find time to watch two Mandalorian episodes a week, and I think that sounds amazing. I'm, I've never watched it. I've seen a lot of documentaries about the making of The Mandalorian, the way they use their the digital screen instead of green screen. It's really cool. Um, I don't know. I really want to watch The Mandalorian. It looks amazing. I'm very excited to watch it. And uh, I will, when I do, how about this? I'll tell you guys what I think because it looks really, really, really cool. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you guys what I think. I think it looks awesome. Uh, Landon says, who is your favorite comic book superhero and why? I always, always loved the Green Arrow growing up. Oliver Queen, you know, it's alter ego. Uh, it's a secret identity. I, for me, Green Arrow is Batman with arrows, basically. And when I, when the CW made a TV show called Arrow about Green Arrow. It was like my dream come true. I was so happy. I never would have thought you're getting, you know, when I was a kid loving the Green Arrow comic books, I was like, no way. You were never getting a Green Arrow TV show. He's too obscure and abstract a a character. Oh, we did. We got it. It's awesome. It made me so happy. Uh, I thought that uh, Stephen Amell did a great job. I, I fell off at the end of it. I just, they added a bunch of characters and I got busy with college and football and other stuff and I just I lost it but I I think that the idea of Green Arrow just in general forget the show the comic books we're back to the comics the idea of the Green Arrow is incredibly compelling and I think the best way to utilize the Green Arrow honestly would be to make a video game imagine I love playing Tomb Raider because I like the bow and arrow 
I love playing Horizon Zero Dawn because I love the bow and arrow. Imagine playing one of the Batman Arkham Asylum games, basically, with a character, except he has a bow and arrow, and you're, like, stealth shooting stuff, and you're using, like, knockout bombs, like the smoke that knocks them out, and using people, you know, you throw, you shoot arrows that, like, ties people up, and you shoot an arrow, and you use it to, like, grapple across the map. I mean, there are so many ways you could use it. A green arrow video game is, like, my dream. I think it'd be so, so good, and I hope that, I don't know if it'll ever get made, but it should because it'd be an amazing, amazing video game. Okay, Caleb writes in. He says, hey, Zach, congratulations on 300 episodes. Caleb, thank you so much. Uh, Caleb's from Florida. He's a good good guy. I really love him. Uh, I got a lot in common with Caleb. He's, he's awesome. Caleb says, all success for this show has been well-earned. My question pertains to the Caribbean. The last Ask Zach episode, you talked about Socotra, and I was shocked to hear... You weren't as interested in the Caribbean. But I think there is one island that will make you reconsider. Dominicana. It's an island in the Lesser Antilles that is mountainous and has beautiful beaches. If you are able to have a glance at the island, I would love to hear your thoughts on the place. I think it will be a wonderful place to visit. Smiley face. Um, So Dominicana, that is the island that shares. It's got a border on it. It's got Haiti on one side and the Dominican Republic on the other. I'll be totally honest. So... I think it looks really pretty. Uh, I think it's got cool mountains. It's actually a good size. It's a little bit smaller than so the island of uh, of uh, I, what am I, Jamaica. I remember. I don't remember the size of the Dominican Republic. I apologize. Of Dominicana, I know that Jamaica is about the size of. Um, it's a little bit smaller than the Big Island. The Big Island's like four thousand square miles, and the Jamaica is three thousand five hundred square miles. Uh, they have 3 million people, so it's a lot more people per square mile in Jamaica. You didn't ask about Jamaica. You asked about Dominicana. So the island that has Haiti and the Dominican Republic on it, Dominicana. I'm, I, first of all, I apologize to Jamaica. I didn't mean to throw their name in it because they're not involved. I struggle with Dominicana. That's Haiti and Dominican Republic because there is overt racism in the Dominican Republic towards Haiti. And it's it's hard to kind of like literally like it's legislature there are laws that are really brutal and awful towards Haitians and I I I I struggle with unfairness and racism I really hate it I also would argue that basically any place in the Caribbean there's like three great islands there's Bora Bora there's French Polynesia and there's Kauai uh, Kauai Hawaii and I would argue that Hawaii is a better archipelago and especially Kauai it's a better version of almost any other tropical island you can name uh, where it's, you know, similar and better. Like Bora Bora is great, right? But there's internet sucks or French Polynesia is really cool. There's a really beautiful island, but it's really small. They don't speak English. Hawaii's got this perfect mix of everything where they speak English. It's a big size. Uh, there's internet options. It's developed. It's really pretty. In my mind, Kauai is the best island on the entire planet. Uh, and I, I just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I would go to the Caribbean when I can go to Kauai. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't I don't understand why I would want to go to the Caribbean when they don't have exactly what I want. And the mix of things isn't as good when Hawaii is everything I could possibly want. So I just think that geographically and all kinds of other factors, Hawaii is way better. Now, if I was a billionaire, I think I would spend my money if I was to make a foundation and spend money to help any country in any place and group of people. 
I think the group of people I would most want to help would be Haiti. Uh, they were, it's a country that used to be enslaved literally by the French, the French, um, they revolted, they got, they got freed, but then Haitians were like really up in arms and, you know, what am I saying? Haitians get, they got away. Haitians got free of slavery, literally from France. But by that point, their country had been completely destroyed and, and, you know, all the resources were kind of extracted out of Haiti. So Haiti had no resources, bad soil, soil erosion, a lot of problems there. Uh, and... Then every other country in the world, because it was like the, it was like either the, I think it was still the 1800s. There's still a lot of overt racism in the the globe, and people are like, "Oh, you're a, you're a country of slaves, literally," and they wouldn't help them. They literally, America wouldn't work with Haiti. Uh, France said, "You owe us a bunch of money. Put a bunch of hard tariffs on him." Haiti got screwed over and over and over again, and got left to fend for themselves. And not to mention that earthquake that destroyed everything. Haiti has a really sad history, and I, if I ever had a ton of resources to pour into an economy and to pour into a environment where I'm, like, working on the soil there and trying to do things to plant certain things to, you know, add nitrate and invigorate the soil and uh, stop erosion with trees and yada yada, if I was a billionaire, I would spend my money most likely investing in Haiti and trying to help Haiti become – because it's just – it's a beautiful spit of land – it's really, really in a great spot. They should be better than what they are, um, and it's. Uh, I mean, they, they should have better economics, really, in my opinion. And I, I, I would love to. I'd love to help them if I ever could. It's it's a place that, it's sad and breaks my heart, and I, I wish Haiti uh, had been given a better chance to, um, have success because I I think Haiti. As a, as a nation went through a lot and still goes through a lot, and it's sad. Every time I, every time I read about Haiti, it makes me sad, and I, I wish I could – I just have a heart for that. I wish I could help. I can't. Uh, not really, but I, if I was a billionaire, that's where my money would go in a heartbeat. Okay, Cameron writes in. We only have a couple questions left. Cameron says, if you were an NFL quarterback coach and you had two offers, one to be Tom Brady's QB coach and another to be Aaron Rodgers' QB coach, ignoring age and assuming that these are – prime versions of each player who would you personally rather work with and why easily tom brady easily i would pick tom brady over aaron Rodgers. he is and it's less about i don't i'm not trying to be it's, this isn't about aaron Rodgers. it's more about my reverence for tom brady this is not a, a knock against aaron Rodgers. i just i think tom brady is highly coachable he's hungry uh he's a great leader he's like the dream to coach, he really. I, I, in fact, I think as a coach, I would have to try to struggle to keep up with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's running the show. I'm there to help him and talk, have conversations with him, and support him when I can. But Tom Brady knows what he's doing. Um, I just and and Tom Brady wants to be challenged and wants. I think what Tom Brady really, really wants is people to say to tell him no. You know, a lot of people struggle and just in the world in general when they don't bring anybody in, they can say, "Hey, I think that's a bad idea." A lot of people, they get yes men, and then you get people that think they're like gods. Has anybody watched Kanye West on Joe Rogan's podcast? Kanye sounds like somebody who hasn't had anyone tell him no in a while. No one's told Kanye, hey, uh, that's a bad idea. It's a problem. You, you can't live a life where nobody ever tells you no. George Lucas ruined Star Wars, in my opinion, with Star Wars The Phantom Menace, a movie I really desperately hate and the problem was there was nobody on staff to say hey george i love you you're a genius obviously but 
Uh, Jar Jar Binks is a bad idea. Tom Brady just wants people to say, hey, Tom, that's a bad idea. That footwork sucks. Or you got to be better. Like, Tom Brady wants people to push him. I can push Tom Brady. I can say, hey, Tom, use your arm. Use your legs. That, that ball's got to be in a better location. You got to be earlier. Tom, what the heck? I could, I could push Tom and try to get more out of him. Uh, and I think that's what he would want from his coach. It'd be brilliant. It'd be fun. I would love to coach Tom Brady. I'm not sure that I could. I don't know that I... I don't know that I would be even a. I don't know that I'm up to the task. I could. I, I could. I really challenge Tom Brady. I could probably find flaws in his game, um, but I. I don't know. I, I would definitely be racing to try to keep up with him, rather than me trying to help him and coach him. You know what I mean? He's a dream to coach, and I think Tom Brady. Um, I would love, love, love to be Tom Brady's quarterback coach. Now the next question of the day, it's from John. Two more left, actually. Two more questions left this entire episode. John says this. Hi, Zach. Since 300 episodes is a milestone, I'm curious what you think is most important to improve SOS for the future. Are you trying to get more access to NFL and college film for better film analysis videos? Are there tech improvements you'd like to make? Maybe hiring an editor or other back-end person to help put out episodes? Are you looking for endorsements or ad partners to increase revenue? At episode 500, what would you like to say, wow? What would you like to have done to say, wow, SOS was good then, and this made it so much better now? So, look, I think it'd be cool to have better cameras, obviously, a better studio. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think a show, how it looks, is really the, the most important thing, though. I think of what I'm saying and... My energy, and it's a podcast, right? My energy, Joe Rogan's show is totally boring to look at, but that's not the point. The point is the conversation. Um, and I'm always go, 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 and I don't really think about this kind of stuff, stuff very often. Um, look, I'd love to get access to college film. The NCAA, oh, I hate them so, I, I hate the NCAA so much. The NCAA is hard to work with, and I... I'm probably always going to have some struggle and fight with the NCAA getting college film unless I sign with the network. If I ever sign with, you know, if I ever accept an offer with Fox Sports or CBS or uh, I'm not going to sign with ESPN. Uh, maybe I, w- I, I would if they said, we'll leave you alone or you have access to college film. Uh, but I, I'd love to get access to college film. I have access to NFL film. College film is the hardest to access because it's all – there's different conferences and it's divided and there's all these other weird rules and the NCAA is like a weird the NCAA is like the Catholic Church. They're really like, hey, you can't you can't get, they treat their film like they are the Vatican secret documents. So like you can't come in here, you can't work with this stuff. It's really frustrating. Um I'd love more sponsorships. I think it'd be fun to say this is sponsored by blank. That's a matter of time. Uh, as the show grows, I get better offers for better sponsorships. Uh, right now, a lot of the sponsorship offers I get are crappy companies with crappy products that I don't want to endorse and I'm not proud to work with, or they're gambling. And someday, the sponsorship offers I get will be – I'll have better numbers that and more people watching and listening. So the opportunities for sponsorships will be even better. to be like, oh, yeah, that's a company I actually like. I like their product. I want to endorse them. For now, I don't really get a lot of endorsements that I like, and so I say no to them all the time. Uh, and I hesitate to hire somebody – um, I'm definitely, I'm, first of all, financially, 
I'm probably five or six years away from being able to really hire somebody to help do the show. So that's just so you know, I'm saving up for a house, and I, I just it's not going to happen. And a strong opinion in sports is always going to be a small operation by design. I look at uh, a great example is Joe Rogan. Actually, Joe Rogan has like five people on staff. If Matt, I think there's young Jamie. There's probably a couple people behind the scenes. Like he has security and a doctor right now. Uh, he probably has someone like who does booking. Um, I would love to have somebody who like books, you know, to have somebody who's booking guests, uh, maybe an editor and me and, and, and like, maybe I'll, it'd be cool to have like a, a sidekick. I need like four people. If I ever had enough money to hire f- three other people, that'd be great. Me, a sidekick, a producer, uh, who edits the show. And then a guy who calls up athletes and says, Hey, you want to be in strong opinion sports? Bam, you're on. But that's all I ever need. I don't need more than that literally ever. I don't need a big team. I don't want a big team. I don't want marketing. I don't, I, I, no, no, no. I need an agent, and I need uh, – that's it. That's all I need. And I think the guy who does the booking would also do, be the guy who talks to companies to decide if they're good enough sponsors. I can watch football, talk about football, worry about just that. That's literally all I will ever hire if I ever hire people for the show, and I don't think I ever even need that. I'm doing a pretty good job by myself. I'm happy. Uh, another problem, if you hire other people, you need a schedule. I don't have, and maybe I don't, I guess they could work from home and we could collaborate on the internet. I don't have a regular schedule, like literally at all. I recorded a podcast with my girlfriend at 4.30 in the morning this morning. It's 5.38 PM right now. I'm recording, recording my second podcast of the day. I haven't slept yet. It's a mess. And I, I, I don't have a regular schedule. I also don't really want a regular schedule literally at all. Um, my, my weird schedule gives me more flexibility. I can do whatever I want. I can take a day off if I really need to. Um, I, I just have flexibility and I like it. And also I hate working with other people. So I don't ever see myself really strong opinion sports is never going to be barstool sports. It's never going to be a gigantic conglomerate. I don't want that. I'm not going to, I don't see myself going that way. It's not what I, I'm not a network. I'm a podcast and that's what I see myself doing. And I think I could see myself doing more. I have a second podcast with my girlfriend. Um, I'd love to have, I want a movie podcast, but I don't want to be a very big, I want to be nimble and small. That's my goal. And I want to be, I want to be relatable. I, I, I don't want to be out of touch with the reality of the world. I think it's very important to be a person that when you hear me talk, you're like, yeah, hey, a thousand dollars for the doctor is a big deal. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I just, I want to be in touch with the real world. And so, um. Yeah, sharing my heart. That's that's my thoughts to answer your question, John. Final question today is from Trent. So Trent writes in and says, "Hey Zach, with your sinuses and stomach on the fritz, I'm glad your eyeballs and vocal cords aren't failing. You can still read questions and create this amazing podcast." One question for you: What would you say to yourself back when you posted episode 200 that you wish you knew now? Or that you think you really would have helped deal with personal, mental health, or SOS-related struggles. I have been along for the ride, and it is amazing to not only see the show grow, but see you grow as a flawed human like we all know you are. It's a reference to the Flawed Humans podcast with my girlfriend. It's a great show. I love it. Anyways, keep up the grind. Keep He didn't say right. Trent says, anyway, keep up the hard work. And know that for every angry commenter, there are a 100 supportive fans willing to back you up. Stay true to yourself, and success will follow Trent. Trent, I, 
I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for listening. And it's cool. You've been around for a long time. It sounds like you've listened to Flawed Humans. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, it's awesome. So your question actually made me go back and listen to the 200th episode. I didn't start naming the episodes till 235. You're giving them a, a number title, I mean. So uh, I had to go back and do some math and find the 200th episode. And that episode is actually, it's a start, the title is something to do with five things that make a good NFL head coach. And I listened to it a little bit. I was, I was thinner back then, um, had crazier, curlier hair, and I was really proud. I, I loved the show. I went, oh my gosh, 200 episodes ago, this is a great show. Still, it's awesome. Uh, makes me really happy. In fact, we went from 200 to 300 really quickly. Because I was in this room when I recorded episode 200. I, the background behind me was the, the silly, used to be the, uh, it's this, uh, what do you call it, foam basically on the wall. And so I, I went, wow, how quickly we've gone from two to 300. I'm pumping out content really quickly. I'm proud of what I'm making. And uh, I think if I could go back to that time and talk to myself at the time of recording episode 200, like you asked me to do, I would probably say, hey, Zach. You know, young Zach, be patient. Uh, things take time. Life is hard. You'll find the girl you like. You'll find the your girl your dreams. You'll find all the success you want. Just be patient. You'll get there. Uh, I basically, I, I am dating the woman I'm going to marry, in my opinion. I, Elizabeth is amazing. Uh, I would also tell myself to get organized, and I would explain that get organized. What I mean is, you know, make a personal work schedule. Don't make a recording schedule. Uh, you know, recording is different you know every episode takes longer than some some episodes take longer than others and you want that flexibility so if you say i'm recording five days a week you limit that and i think the quality of episodes would drop off but i would say hey zach because i I did this a couple months ago and it made my life way better make a work schedule where you have office hours off hours you are literally sitting at your desk working and writing and tinkering uh just being organized like that really helps the process um and then i would also tell myself to Enjoy the quiet moments when you can, when you're not working, where when you're not working, turn it off. Put your phone down, forget about sports, turn off your brain, and fully actually relax. Um, and vitamins help that. That's a new thing in my life. A couple couple months ago, I got really into vitamins. Uh, vitamins meaning uh, edibles. Edibles, just edibles uh, really, really make my life. Uh, when I need to relax, they help me do it, like the once every couple months or something. Um, I, I just, uh, that's what I would tell myself. I would say, be patient, get organized, make a work schedule. That's when you're in your office though, not your recording schedule. And then, uh, when you're not working fully relax and turn off your mind and, uh, find a way to slow down and really, really enjoy those moments. Um, guys, that is all I have for today's episode. I really, really appreciate you. I love you so much. We've done 300 episodes of this podcast. That's unbelievable and and so cool so thank you so very much i appreciate you tremendously i'm gonna go watch like five football games now i love you recording tomorrow that's my plan have a great day but um bum i gotta do my hand i gotta do both hands but um bum bam we are